Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, good people? Happy Wednesday afternoon. Same bat time, different bat channel this week. I am uh, glad that we were able to reschedule this. Thank you guys for making us a part of your day as always. If there's one thing that you can count on us to be SP3, it's inconsistent. We are consistently inconsistent because my life is absolutely batshit insane. Uh, my son still has double ear infections, uh, so we had to. I had to stay home with him yesterday, take him to the doctor, get some stronger antibiotics. Hopefully, he'll be able to go back to daycare uh, here this week, and we can get back to a regularly scheduled programming. Uh, regardless, that's why we were not here yesterday. That's why we're on today, and kind of a good thing. You take an extra day, some some more newsworthy stuff pops out, including what we got SP3 out of uh, Tony Khan's Ring of Honor Final Battle media call that happened about just, what, an hour or so ago. Uh, he dove into the entire William Regal uh, asking for his release, heading back to WWE situation, confirmed all of that. Uh, we had a number of former uh, Ring of Honor and uh, AEW and uh, NWA talents at the WWE Performance Center this week. Uh, your girl, Ronda Rousey, opening up on her gaming stream, taking ownership uh, for a few things that went wrong at the Survivor Series. Tegan Knox is back in WWE. Drew McIntyre is going to miss a few weeks. We got number one contenders matches. We got ratings uh, concerns. We got a somewhat controversial decision from PWI this week. So much to dive into here. We got we got New Day on NXT. What is going on this week? How are you doing today, good sir? Yeah, it turned into a very interesting week after like Monday. I would say everything kind of kind of happened in the past two days. I know that's made things uh, very interesting for us to talk about. So very well timed schedule change by Mister Ricciuccini. Yeah, just thank just thank my son Ray. You know, he he knew deep down that the show would be better today than it was yesterday. So he's like, I'm gonna go ahead and get sick. I'm going to force you to take another sick day. I'm going to force you to stay home with me. There we're going to sit. We're going to chill. Uh, we're going to watch Cocomelon all day. I'm going to play with my little Christmas train, which plays the same song. He's jumping on the bed. Uh, One today, fell off and bumped his head. Mama called the doctor and the doctor said no more monkeys jumping on the bed. Uh, what, what was the one I had, uh, apples and or, or apples and bananas stuck in my head all morning today. That was one. See, it changes every other day. Oh, I got a different Cocomelon song stuck in my head. That's one of the few my daughter can sing. She said, ah. I like to eat, eat, <laughs> eat apples and bananas. <laughs> For those who are tuning in, if you don't have small children yet, just wait. It's coming. It's coming like a freight train. This is going to be your life. You're no longer going to be singing the songs that you hear on the radio or on your iPhone or whatever, wherever you listen to me. No, you're going to be singing the wheels on the bus go round and round in your head as you're driving into work. That's that's what your future uh, entails. What is going on, Stephen? What is going on, Safet? We appreciate everybody jumping in. As always, feel free to get your questions, comments, concerns, all of that in here. We'll try to answer as many questions uh, as possible. If you're new to the show, make sure to give us a thumbs up there. Well, if you're tuning into the show, give us a thumbs up. 
regardless, because that really helps drive up our audience. If you're new to the show, you like what you hear, haven't subscribed to the channel yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button too, because that really, really uh, helps us out. Uh, we are over 500 subscribers now. Can't thank you guys enough uh, for all of the support that you guys have given us so far here in year number one, almost up to year two. We're about to start year two, SB3. It is December 7th. Where has this year, this crazy-ass year gone? Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. Uh, before we get started, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online. We would not be here right now if it wasn't for them. Getting close to NFL playoffs. Basketball's back in full swing. The Lakers are actually starting to play better basketball. That makes SP3 happy. Anthony Davis uh, getting getting some MVP talk. We already talked about MVP here. We're like, what, four weeks into the season, whatever it is. Regardless, uh, if you want to bet on who's going to win that. the NBA, huh? I called that. <laughs> uh, if you want to bet on who's going to be uh, the, the NBA MVP or the NFL MVP, by the way, still great money on Joe Burrow right now starting to heat up. Just throwing that out there. Uh, bet online is the place to do it. All right, it's your place to make those wagers. They you get the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, game trends. It's all there at Bet Online, your continued source for all your sports wagering information, featuring live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long. Head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I said 50%. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to get those rewards. That is B L E A V. Bet Online where the game starts and sp3 we will start with the uh the very open honest candid uh conference call that tony khan did uh, just about an hour ago uh look when 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 i got the invite right to to join this i wish i could have joined it because i work until two o'clock you know on weekdays so unfortunately they do this at a time when i can't join uh but it, it right off the bat it said tony khan will be talking about ring of honor final battle and he will also be talking about the situation surrounding William Regal. There has been a lot of speculation, hearsay, downright flat out bogus stories put out there by former uh, superstars, maybe people who have not been signed uh, by AEW may have an axe to grind, shall we say. Uh, but Tony Khan, from what, and, and I'll let you speak on this more because you were actually able to, to join the call. Uh, Tony Khan saying, yeah, look, this is 100% confirmed. William Regal uh, came to me in October. We had a very open conversation. And basically, when it came down to William Regal, it, it was one thing. He wanted to go back to WWE, and he wanted to work with his son. And that that that's what boiled down to it. You can talk about any reports, speculation, hearsay about William Regal having you know buyer's remorse or immediately regretted his decision or the brawl from All Out having anything to do with that. It boiled down to one simple thing for William Regal. Family. He wanted to go and he wanted to work with his son in WWE once that was an option. And I give a lot of credit to Tony Khan for saying, yeah, all right, cool. Go do it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the greater kind of point that kind of Tony revealed is he also talked about his family and his mother's uh, health issues throughout the year and dealing with that. And around the time he said that it happened in around in October that William Regal called him uh, and let him know that he wanted, he said, when, you know, his contract uh, comes up at the end of the year, please don't, you know, 
renew me because I want to go work with my son in another promotion. And that promotion being WWE. His son, of course, is Charlie Dempsey, who was on NXT television last night, who works out in the uh, performance center working for, you know, WWE NXT. So he wants to go back there. He has a backstage role that he can work and he will work close with his son. And he said that, you know, he went to William Regal first approached their legal officer, Mega. And then he that's when he got word when he was dealing with his mother going, you know, in and out of the hospital. And then he said that his mother was in the hospital and he got a call from William Regal who had a one-on-one conversation with him about basically letting him know, you know, acting, you know, how he is with his mother and, you know, talking about, of course, with the stuff that you're dealing with, I know you, I hope and know that you probably understand the reason why I want to go back to WWE. And he was like, Tony was like, he would never want to keep a son away from any parent with what he was dealing with with his mother so he said that he would make the accommodations to make it possible for William Regal to leave the company and William Regal is still with the company until the end of the year he said that he actually will be a part of storylines for tonight but he said a lot of things had to be reshuffled on the road to full gear and the timing of everything makes a lot of sense that this is the way that he wanted to write off William Regal now. A lot of the confusion of, you know, why Tony went with the decision to, you know, book William Regal to be the person to help MJF win and everything that went down last week on Dynamite makes a lot more sense with what what Tony Khan revealed in the opening to this call today. Yeah, and, you know, and as as great as it was for for tony khan to be receptive of william regal's wishes and let him go he also did put in uh you know some some caveats for himself to uh protect aew and part of that is is william regal is going to be with the company through the holidays he'll be able to go back to wwe in a backstage role only uh at least throughout the entirety of of 2023 so we're not going to see william regal on screen uh, in, in WWE, I think that was very smart for, for Tony to do that because William Regal as an on-screen character in AEW was fantastic. It was part of the, it was some of the best stuff that was on AEW television, whether it was his work with the Blackpool Combat Club or anything and everything leading up to uh, what we saw last week with MJF just absolutely laying him out cold uh, with the brass knuckles. And I thought that that was the best story and I didn't have an issue with him featuring uh, William Regal prominently on his way out of the company. Um, you know, you, you never know what the future is going to be hold, right? So if you can work with William Regal, if you could treat him the right way, if, you know, you're, you're able to come up to this simple solution, everything is great. And who knows where both parties are going to be uh, a year or two, even even three years uh, from now. Frantic World chiming in on the chat. So uh, EC3 was wrong about Regal not being happy in AEW. I'll say this much. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Regal was happy in AEW. And I don't think EC3 knows if he was happy in AEW. I'm just, what I'll say is consider your, the story, who's, who's telling the story and what point of view they had. EC3, what he said, there, there was no firsthand knowledge of that situation. He said, oh, I heard this. I heard this from other people. And when you start getting into the the the, the phone game here, SP3, one little thing could have been, oh, yeah, I was a little miffed by that could turn into, well, this person said this, this person said this, this person said this. By the time it gets to EC3, yo, did you hear about Regal, man? He ain't happy in in AEW. He wants to get the F out. He wants to go to WWE. 
So I can't sit here and say that, you know, what EC3 said was wrong because I, I really don't know how Regal's time was spent in, in, a, in AEW. But to sit here and say that's the reason why he wanted to go, that turned out that in itself turned out to be false. Yes. Um, yeah, I always say consider the source and EC3, we didn't know of any type of, you know, pre-medic uh, you know pre previous relationship between him and william regal so it wouldn't even be like something like oh you know he's really good friends with regal so he probably heard something like a lot of the stuff we've heard about like conan in his 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 reporting of like stuff going on with santana and ortiz we take that more seriously because he's closer to the source of of the topic EC3 yeah. is not very close with William Regal or a lot that we know of. So it was just like, I didn't take it seriously at all. And I was quite confused on why so many more legitimate platforms were reporting on it. Like it was, it was anything worth note. Yeah. And here's another good point by Ace, you know, what EC3 was hearing, uh, you know, could have been hearing something that was completely different. So he could have been hearing stuff from people who weren't who also weren't close to the situation or just hearing blatantly false stuff. And then he's out there putting it out into the to the ether, the the IWC for whatever reasons. Who knows if he had any actual like, you know. Let's let's just be honest. It was a slow, you know, Sunday, Monday as far as news. So you know, this it got it got EC3's name out there for sure. Yeah. That, that that's a stone cold fact. It got him all over every site that covers professional wrestling. Why? Because William Regal has been the hot topic uh, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, one of the other, this is a, a very newsworthy uh, edition of uh, Tony Khan's uh, media call this week. Um, a lot of talk about Ring of Honor and and AEW and what it's going to be like moving forward. It sounds like SP3. Again, you were on the call. I was not. It sounds like we're going to know more information about Ring of Honor's future on television after Final Battle this weekend. And we may not be seeing as much Ring of Honor programming on AEW television uh, in the near future as well. I'm sorry. I was getting a message at that time. <laughs> what was the question? I was going to say, it, it sounds like here in the next, uh, you know, after final battles over this weekend, according to Tony Khan, we're going to know more about Ring of Honor's future yeah. on television and the lack of Ring of Honor on AEW television. Yeah, he definitely um, made that a point to kind of emphasize throughout the call that he's going to be featuring ROH stuff less and less. And we kind of saw that in the buildup to final battle or lack thereof buildup where there's only really been featured for, you know, Chris Jericho and Samoa Joe on Dynamite, at least. So like a lot of the other stuff for Ring of Honor final battle has happened on, you know, uh, Ramp page and aew dark aew dark elevation and he addressed that so he says that after final battle he will address the future of ring of honor as far as television deal so hopefully we get some type of announcement that it's coming in the near future yeah uh frantic world saying please let ring of honor get a tv deal soon i i would hope so uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about possibly Netflix uh, picking up some live sports. Their CEO said, nah, blah, blah, nah. Uh, it's very expensive. We're not against live streaming sports, but we are pro uh, profit. Uh, so it looks like Netflix isn't going to be an option. Not saying that they were, but if you're kind of hoping or thinking that that could be an option, not going to be there. Um, I, I did think that it was, um, you know, him, him sitting there saying, hey, look, I've heard the criticism 
about the the Ring of Honor stuff on on AEW programming and and kind of watering things down. Said he found it very amusing. Uh, but it, it's going to be interesting to see because he does have a lot of his prominent superstars that are holding Ring of Honor championships right now. You got the King of Television and Samoa Joe. He's got the TNT and the 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 Ring of Honor uh, Television Championship uh, right now. Chris Jericho is his world champion. That makes me wonder. You got FTR holding the tag team titles. That makes me wonder if we're going to get with with Ring of Honor being featured less and less on AEW television, if we're going to get some shift as far as who's holding those championships is concerned. Yeah, we might see some kind of shuffling of the championships. I know Juice Robinson is someone that they want to kind of feature more prominently on Ring of Honor more than AEW. So they might put the title on on him and, you know, move Samoa Joe more towards an AEW position now that he's the TNT champion. That might be something that they can do this weekend. FTR, you know, he, he, he also made a point towards the latter half of when I was listening to the call of talking about FTR and you know the fact that a lot of the plans that he had for FTR was messed up by a variety of things and most notably he did mention CM Punk's injury in yeah. the forum and in June messed up a lot of the plans for FTR in the summer so you have that whole situation there you may want to take the titles off of FTR especially if they are going to win an AEW championship tonight on Dynamite so there's a lot of interesting situations the one thing I would say for sure I agree with Steven in the chat I think that Athena is going to be the new Ring of Honor Women's World Champion oh. after this Saturday. Oh, I think you can you can bank on that. Tony Khan uh, was very complimentary of what Athena has been doing over the last few weeks. I think a lot of people have really, really enjoyed uh, this new aggressive uh, style. Maybe not some of the old throats out there uh, who criticize the, the show or uh, critique the show, I should say, on a week-to-week basis. Uh, but uh, there have been a lot of people who have been enjoying the side of Athena and just going out there and just straight whooping ass. She did an interview on Busted Open. She said, look, I'm just getting back to what I do well. When I was on the indie scene, I was one of the best heels in the damn business. And that's what she's getting back to to being, which is, I think she does both great because I think she is just a genuinely likable human being, but she's a great heel as well. Uh, So we'll see. She's just the better. She she exudes more charisma as a heel. Uh, the the M- I I won't say that she doesn't exude charisma as a baby face because they do there was signs of charisma even when she was introduced here to AEW. I don't know what they were doing with the Ember Moon character. I just don't think the Ember Moon character was her. So yeah. I think that that was the big issue with her presentation in WWE. Uh, lots of new faces showing up here at the WWE PC, uh, SP three, Kylie Ray, Casey Navarro, Vincent in Dutch, who have been rumored to, to be part of the Wyatt six, whatever the Wyatt six ends up, uh, being all of them getting tryouts this week. Vincent Dutch were at, uh, were at the NXT taping last night. Uh, I don't know much about Casey Navarro, um, from, from NWA. You watch anything and everything. I watch everything that my schedule allows me to. Uh, I do know Kylie Ray. That's the big name that jumps out to me. Had a cup of coffee with AEW. Ended up leaving for for basically mental health reasons. She's been able to reinvigorate herself out on the the independent scene. When you see these names showing up in, in WWE, what 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 jumps out to you? Yeah, I mean uh, Kylie Ray is a would be a huge pickup for. Uh, 
WWE, especially if she's put on the NXT brand, because I think the real thing missing from the NXT brand, they highlight the women so well, probably better than uh, any other weekly show in wrestling, not just WWE, AEW. Im Impact Wrestling may be the only one that competes with them, but NXT does a great job of, you know, highlighting the women. I just think Impact has better workers than NXT because a lot of the women in NXT are still developing, but you put someone with that much experience, like a Kylie Ray on there, just such a natural baby face. One of the bigger what ifs in AEW lore is what if Kylie Ray didn't ask for her release and leave the company? Yeah. I think that there's a strong argument that she would have been the first top baby face of the women's division for no AEW. And that's how they presented her when they introduced her signing all the way back in February 2019. So it would have been probably Kylie Ray, and maybe we see the development of Britt Baker into that top heel and they would have been probably one of the the major feuds for aew but having her go to wwe would be a huge pickup for them vincent and dutch they just have a unique look a unique aura to them their promos are very very different from anything that wwe has they would fit in nicely with uh you know bray wyatt on the main roster they would even fit in nicely with the schism on nxt say, yeah. or they can be their own thing. They, there's all, there's various different things they can do with them. I probably think the best use and the most spotlight would be with Bray Wyatt. So I would love to see that. As far as Casey Navarra, that's kind of like a prospect that you're picking up at just the right time because he's improved so much in the past year. He's, uh, you know, embraces more of like a heel character in a lot of ways. Uh, the best people that I can compare him to is more of like an Hispanic Leo Rush. He in a lot of ways. <laughs> He's okay. not as fast as or as athletic and agile as Leo Rush, but just the charisma, the character, his aura, very reminiscent of Leo Rush. And I think that having that type of guy in like an NXT and he's a lot of ways, maybe like a Leo Rush meets Carmelo Hayes. So he would kind of I can see those guys mixing it up with each other in the ring against each other or maybe even as a tag team. That would be great as well. But he does a lot of great work on the independent scene, whether it be H.O. G. He's the current Warrior Wrestling World Champion. Warrior Wrestling, uh, I have a great partnership with them over at True Hill Heat, so I know all about Casey Navarro, and I'm happy to see him get a huge opportunity in WWE. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the name uh, Carmelo Hayes because that uh, reminded me. Duh. I'm going to have a conversation with Carmelo Hayes ahead of NXT deadline this weekend. That'll drop either tomorrow afternoon or Friday morning. Uh, just depends on how much work I can get done and when I can get it done. Uh, but that will drop this week. Yeah, one thing I do want to mention because I was very positive, but you know me. I love to mix in the devil's advocate because I yeah. do have these thoughts. And I do have friends that have the thoughts. And uh -oh. immediately when I told one of my friends that I did know was a Kylie Ray fan, he did bring up that he hopes this goes well, but she doesn't have the best track record. Because the people, if people don't know, the reason why she asked for a release from AEW is because she dealt with mental health issues. Yeah. She thought about, she thought numerous different times about quitting the business. Uh, she was with NWA. She was having a good run there and then asked for a release there because she was dealing with it. So this has happened a couple of different times. Impact Wrestling, she was also with. On the verge, she was had a big title match against Deanna Perazzo back at Bound for Glory 2020, and then basically quit the company dealing with her mental health issues. So I would hope 
this is not putting her in another situation that might lead to the same thing. So I did want to bring that up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we somebody in that situation, you know, you always you always hope for the best because she is she's great. And you're right, she does have this. She is this big over babyface. The crowd can't help but but love her. And I I saw a uh, I, I again I wish I would have uh, marked who said it on Twitter, but I I saw somebody make the comparison that Kylie Ray could be like the NXT version of Bailey. Um, yeah, you know, coming in and being that that super over. So maybe Triple H sees, um, you know, that potential, and that's kind of WWE's redo because they brought Bailey up to the main roster and then completely bought <laughs> bought the, their main, main roster run pretty much from the start. The biggest difference is though with Bailey. Bailey will always admit that wasn't her. She was playing a character. This is really Kylie Ray. Like the the Bailey character, that's really Kylie Ray in real life. Any people that have interacted with her, the 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 whole big thing that used to be said about Kylie Ray, like five six years ago when she was coming up on the independent scene, was she's the real Bailey. She's what really was what Bailey was trying to be. That's what Kylie Ray is. Yep, and we wish her and all the other uh, those people who were at the auditions this week uh, all the best, and uh, we'll see if they end up on WWE programming sooner rather than later. SP3, I got to give a lot of credit uh, to your girl, uh, Ronda Rousey, who was on her gaming stream this week, and um, look, there were a lot of uh, criticisms about her match with uh, with Shotzi at the Survivor Series, including one spot in particular, which was that, that Tornado DDT onto the outside that it just it was a complete and total uh it call it what it is it was a botch it, it was a big major botch it, it took the audience out of the crowd but to their credit they were really starting to to get the crowd back they were starting to build some momentum and then the match just ended and uh ronda rousey took to her uh, her gaming stream this week one to take ownership of the ddt she said 100 that was my fault i effed up that that was her words and she felt like she let shotzi down uh, in, in, in this, and I know Ronda Rousey gets a, a ton of heat. Uh, th there are people who just want to shit on her no matter what, you know, people who are sick of her, this, that, and the other thing. I do think she gets a, a, a bad rap. Uh, she is a star. She does bring some star power to this show, obviously, um, you know, just, just kind of missing that, that Batman to her Joker right now over on, on SmackDown. And I think that's her, her biggest issue. She wanted to go into this match though, to really kind of showcase Shotzi. And just as they were getting up to that point, they get the referee radio call. It says, Hey, look, we're over on time. We need to cut down on everything. So she's getting ready to, to get into Shotzi into the, uh, what we would call the get your shit in portion <laughs> of the match where Shotzi's going to shine and she's going to be, you know, really kind of put over on Ronda, even though Ronda was obviously going to win the match. And then none of that, and none of that got to happen. So I, I, I give Ronda a lot of credit uh, to the fact that she took ownership for that match, not shaping out well. And when it came to the botch DDT, they didn't get a chance to practice that. And that was her first honest attempt at the, at doing that maneuver. And she said, look, the, the thing that they really harped on me while we were going through rehearsals for this match was make sure to get your opponent over, make sure to get your opponent over, make sure to get. So she was focused so much on making sure Shotzi didn't get hurt that the move looked like total shit. And I give her a lot of credit for taking ownership of that because I think especially somebody the, the, the star level of Ronda Rousey wouldn't always take credit uh, for the stuff that would go wrong. So I give Ronda Rousey a lot of credit for this. Yes, I think that Ronda gets a tremendous amount of hate 
all of it not very a very unnecessary amount of hate uh i think that if we are just judging her on what she has presented from wwe through the totality of her time there with her run in 2018 and 2022 then the hate is ridiculous if we're just judging it on what she's offered to us this year then it's it becomes more a little bit more understandable, but that's not the case. Most of the people that hate on Rhonda hated her during our first run and hate her now just because and just feel vindicated by the work not panning out. But I do agree with you. Her biggest issue is not really having anyone to run with, and no, the solution is not Charlotte Flair coming back because they exhausted that freaking matchup. But I like the fact that Ronda, you know, kudos to her for actually, you know, taking ownership for the botch DDT one, you know, I did understand her explanation with talking about, they didn't really practice that. So I also stand by the fact that I also said Shasi should have probably have even attempted it. <laughs> like, like yeah. if you if you ain't gonna practice it and you're with someone you're not very experienced yourself and haven't yeah. been putting out the best in-ring product yourself and the person you're going against is still green, I wouldn't even go for it. That, so that, that was the mistake. If you didn't yeah. have time, don't put it in there. That's yeah, that, that's the biggest thing. Doing it uh if you want to practice that. A house show, all right? A house show is the perfect time to do that. Survivor Series ain't it. No, it's not the right time. So I I like the fact that Ronda kind of took ownership and saying, you know, she felt like she failed Shotzi for how the match turned out. So that takes a lot because I if if you tell me Ronda Rousey and Shotzi are in the ring together, I'm going to tell you Shotzi is leading the way. But it sounds like with Ronda taking this type of ownership, she was expected to lead the way here. One, I don't think that's a good decision. Two, I appreciate her actually admitting that. Yeah, I mean, you got to think, and you got to remember, guys, especially those who are critical of Ronda Rousey. Yes, did she come in there and she immediately get hot shotted to the top? Absolutely, because she's fucking Ronda Rousey. That's why. You know, there, there, there was definitely that, that star power there. And she should have been hot shotted yeah. to the top. What are we doing here? Yeah, here's the other thing. This is her, what, second year in pro wrestling? period she's been in the business for five she had the match she had the tag match at wrestlemania mixed tag match which protected her because obviously she was able to to practice her spots she came over looked out looked like a million bucks when she kicked triple h's ass everybody loved it you know she looked like a million bucks everybody couldn't wait for ronda rousey to to come to wwe full-time remember those days ladies and gentlemen she has a great run culminating at wrestlemania 35 and then she's come back this year she's got two years basically where she doesn't get to wrestle a whole lot, not 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 too terribly much. So, yes, every uh, she really needs somebody who can help her l- get through these matches. And I don't want to hear anybody be critical about why why can't she call a match on the fly? You know, she need why is she per, you know planning out every point in the match? I will say this much. I I have been trained before by somebody who has twenty years experience doing this who is one of the most talented in-ring performers in his heyday, who has told me my first two years in the business, I planned out every single move of every single match that I did. And that is the just the smart thing to do. And that's what Ronda Rousey needs. So yeah, maybe Ronda Rousey shouldn't be leading some of these spots, especially with somebody like Shotzi, who is still trying to get her feet underneath her uh, as well. But uh, you know, Shit happens. I hate the fact that the time got cut from this match. 
you hear this a lot in WWE where time restraints get cut. Guys, you, you couldn't have spared six minutes on Survivor Series. Would we really have killed well, you? She, she noted that AJ Styles and uh, Finn Balor uh, went over there a lot of time. Yeah, and then they couldn't cut from Survivor. This is another reason why I agree with you. Just the, the, the three-minute time limit in war games, if you're going to do that, cut it down, please. Just just cut it the hell down. Um, it's been a while since we've been on the air here, SP3, so we haven't had a chance to talk about one superstar who's back on the SmackDown roster, and that would be Tegan Knox. She is back uh, to provide a bit of a boost to the uh, SmackDown women's division. Uh, your thoughts on Tegan returning? Uh, Tegan Knox returning, it's good for the SmackDown Women's Division to get more people in there and more good people that can put on good matches. But it's another difficulty because she's not over. So you yeah. just put another person that you have to get over on a show that has Emma, on a show that has Lacey Evans, yeah. on a show that has Sonya Deville, on a show that has Shotzi, on a show that has all these people that you oh. also need to get over. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, and and uh, I believe, as Ozzy brought up it, Lacey's going back to to another. She's getting reinvented again. Uh, we're, we're back to, to badass Mama Marine again and, and doing yep. some kind of new version of that. She's just got a new mission. She, just as what she was doing before was starting to get weekly heat with, with, with the crowd. I'm sitting here going, are they setting up Lacey and, and Liv? Because, okay, that's that would be a direction they could have gone. And then Triple H takes over, and he's like, Nah, we're not going to go in that direction at all. So hopefully just Lacey can get some some footing here. And yeah, I agree with you. I'm happy Tegan was is back. I feel like she's somebody who got absolutely shafted when she got brought up, put in a tag team, split, drafted over to Raw, didn't even make it on a TV except for one backstage segment where she couldn't say anything. Then she got released. She's had to deal with a ton of visa issues post-release. I'm happy she's back. But yeah, it, it is. It's a I'm happy that Triple H is expanding his bench. But yeah, he does have a problem where he's going to have to be patient and find ways to get all of these different people all over at the same time. We're running out of time, so let's get to this, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. Pull on my own version of WWE. I got I to gotta cut topics for time restraints. Jesus. Uh, SP3, Monday Night Raw this week had some issues. We'll get to that here in a moment. But two triple threat matches setting up a number one contenders match to determine the next challenger for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Championship. We ended up with Bailey getting a big win, finally. And thanks to Damage Control, it was not Becky Lynch. It was Alexa Bliss. I like how this has been set up. You keep Rhea Ripley away from Bianca Belair even longer. You keep Bailey and Becky and keep building towards that. This may sound like a, a duh question given the booking of the last few months, but you've surprised me before. Who should be the next number one contender on Raw? Should it be Bailey or Alexa Bliss? No, this is a duh. This is a <laughs> duh. It's Alexa. It's Alexa. I'm over this Bailey. No, I do not want to see Bailey lose to Bianca again, again. because yeah. she will. This won't be, oh no, the third time. The third time for the title. Is it third or no. fourth? I can't even keep track at this point. It's, it would be the third time for the title. It would be the fourth time they've won one on one since yeah. Bailey's or since Bailey's return. But yeah, this seems like Alexa Bliss to get the win and maybe a feud with Alexa and Bianca over, you know, a four or five week uh, time span leads to Alexa Blitz's heel turn, which is what she needs since she's needed for months. 
Yeah, it, look, either a heel turn or keep her as a babyface and put her with Bray Wyatt. If that's what you guys are going to do, Alexa Bliss is exactly what you need. Uh, over a, a, a babyface, high-level Alexa Bliss paired up with Bray Wyatt, part of the Wyatt Six, maybe feuding with Ronda Rousey. That's exactly what you need. That's the infusion you need uh, over the match. And there's definitely history between uh, Ronda and Alexa. I don't know if Alexa wants to work with Ronda because she legit got her ass kicked uh, the last few times she was in the ring with Ronda Rousey, but I digress. It's got to be Alexa here. Ramp her up. Get her a storyline going, whatever it is. Heat it up. Let's go. I feel like she's been stuck in creative purgatory ever since she finished those therapy sessions. They really haven't done much with her. She has been a, a another piece in other people's storylines. I'd like to see her get her own thing. I don't know if this is going to be the Royal Rumble opponent. You got a lot of time in between there, but the longer that they keep Bailey and Becky away from one another and the longer they keep Rhea and Bianca away from one another, I'm a happy guy with that. Like I said, there were some issues with Monday Night Raw this week, specifically SP3, that third hour. Uh, we don't do a whole lot of ratings talk on this show, but Monday Night Raw this week in the third hour, an hour, by the way, that was main evented by Becky Lynch, one of your top baby face draws, Alexa Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross, only had 1.2 million viewers. It was the lowest rated third hour for Raw ever. Then you had Friday's Rampage episode, which had, what, 320-some-odd thousand people? 361. Was it 61? Okay, sorry. I couldn't remember the next number. But 300, 360,000 people uh, who watched that. Tony Khan talked about Rampage uh, a lot during his media call today. Uh, more concerning uh, ratings news. Raw's third hour or Friday's uh, episode of Rampage? Uh, Friday's episode of Rampage definitely is more concerning. Uh, Raw's third hour has gone up and down. It's usually thanks to the Monday night football games. And then they kind of peter out to about like 1.7. 1, they'll they'll get as low as maybe like 1.6, 1.7 for the third hour. But the rating will not get that low. It'll get back up. It's not that concerning. With the Friday's Rampage rating, it's a trend. This is a trend. This trend yeah. has been going going down for a while. So definitely Friday's rampage is more concerning. Yeah. And Tony Khan says, look, he's going to uh, uh, all hands on deck effort is the quote that I saw uh, out on Twitter today. Again, you were on the call. I was not um, all hands on deck effort to make rampage more, um, you know, appealing to the viewer. I don't know what you're going to be able to do. Cause that time slot sucks. 10 o'clock on a Friday night. People are going out. They want to party. If people are wrestling fans, maybe they just watch two hours of SmackDown, not necessarily ready for a third hour. Because, I mean, you're basically, you are the third hour of Raw. You are where, where most people are fatigued by the time that third hour rolls around or they want to go to bed or they want to do something else. That's what you are. So I don't know what they're going to be able to do to really kind of turn things around on a regular basis. I just think that that time slot sucks uh pwi making some uh waves on social media this week they ranked their top 100 tag teams and they go from number four to number one everybody else the twos sp3 the usos ranked as the number one tag team in all professional wrestling did pwi get it right Based on PWI's criteria, they usually will always get it right. And I think 
they had one of two choices here. You either could have gone with the number two choice of FTR winning the ROH, you know, IWGP and AAA Tag Team Championships. Great matches, classic pair of matches with the Briscoes, a classic with Aussie Open for New Japan in the UK, a classic on Dynamite against the Young Bucks. All of that night with sending. FTR didn't have that one storyline throughout the year that could drive them and take them over the top to solidify them as the number one spot. Whereas the Usos have been a part of the number one storyline in the business today, in the bloodline and everything that's gone down. They've been directly involved in it with everything that's happened with Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. They unified the tag team titles, continue their legendary SmackDown title run, became the longest reigning tag team champions in company history and then on top of all of that they've had good to great matches throughout the year uh, one of their best matches of their entire career happened at money in the bank against the street profits yeah. they had a great match against the new day to solidify the longest reign in history had a great match with the new day to start the year at day one had great matches you know throughout the year with various other tag teams whether it's rk bro matt riddle and and kevin owens on raw this week the usos have done it all when you think about the criteria for this year so they deserve to be number one yeah i i agree with you if you look at the criteria if you had just said hey in ring most over this that and the other thing look i think dax harwood should get at least talked about as professional wrestler of the year i don't think he's going to win it nor do i necessarily think he should win it but he has had an incredible year i think ftr uh the work that they have done is is you know it, it's it's been immaculate but yeah for all the reasons you just said when you look at the criteria it goes, it comes down to, as it often does in professional wrestling, it comes down to the story. And as Tony Khan laid out today, FTR, their stories have been completely derailed for reasons outside of their control. So it's incredible for them that they have still been ranked number two on this list. Uh, the Usos, I think, were the, the clear choice here as number one. Uh, for me, I'd be more upset about Sasha and Naomi being put ahead of the acclaimed. I, I think that that was that was the worst the submission that? of anything the on this list. Came in at 20. The acclaimed should have made the top 10 with the year that they've had, in my opinion. And having Sasha and Naomi, who the biggest thing that they've done this year outside of the WrestleMania win was leave the fucking company. Like that's that's what generated the most. I don't know how Sasha and Naomi made number nineteen on that list. That to me is the most egregious thing. Uh, we'll stick with uh, tag teams here. A uh, surprise on NXT last night. We got the New Day showing up to challenge pretty deadly for the NXT Tag Team Championships. How big a chance are we getting them of winning the tag team titles this weekend? SP three at Deadline. I'll go as far as to say your new. NXT Tag Team Champions, The New Day, because I want to see The New Day interact with Pretty Deadly. We got the challenge last night, but I want to see some segments with them interacting with each other. If NXT is going on the road, as was, was reported by WrestleVotes in February to Charlotte, North Carolina for Vengeance Day, I think The New Day holding on those tag team titles and probably dropping them back to Pretty Deadly, yeah. I think that would be the best way to do it. I think The New Day win the title on Saturday. Yeah, look, the New Day needs something. Uh, Kofi Kingston, I thought, had a really, really good match with Gunther this past Friday on SmackDown, but he he got flotted out, of, swatted out of the air like a fly and and, and beaten. And, um, you know, they lost the tag team match to the Usos. Look, for those of you who are in the chat who say pretty deadly retain, look, I said the same thing about Dolph Ziggler. And then Dolph Ziggler goes out and wins the NXT championship. So 
Hell yeah, I think New Day are going to win this match this weekend. And and a pro an, a sustained program with Pretty Deadly, that's going to do more for them in the long run than just one match and one victory over the New Day, in my opinion. SP3, I gave you a little bit of a homework assignment. I hope you came up with a good answer on this one. Uh, some unfortunate news for uh, Becky Lynch fans and Marvel fans out there. There was a lot of reporting about Becky Lynch possibly being cast in an MCU role. Turns out that was true. Unfortunately, her post credit scene from the Eternals movie, which remains the only MCU flick that I have not seen, uh, was cut due to the fact that the scene itself was so damn depressing. But there is hope uh, that Becky Lynch uh, could be cast in future roles because they did enjoy the work that she did. We got Sasha Banks, who's been doing a lot of MCU red, uh, red carpets recently or purple carpets. She's been cast in a movie. Part of the, probably one of the reasons why she's not back in a wrestling company at this point. Bianca Belair has said, hey, look, I, I'm waiting for the call to play Storm whenever the X-Men show up. I'll ask you, SP3. I, I wrote WWE Superstar here. I'll let you go any professional wrestler. If you could cast any professional wrestler as an MCU character, which one would you go with? I was going to go with the obvious one, but you mentioned it with Jade Cargill <laughs> being uh, Storm. That would make the I most sense. I said Bianca Belair, but Jade Cargill would be good as well. Yeah, Jade Cargill as Storm, that that fits the, the best for me, more even more than Bianca Belair. That just seems like a, a shoe a shoe that just fits so well. I'll go with a different one that not I've heard a lot of people say, but I'll go with Finn Balor as Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Ooh. Four. Ooh, I do like that. I like that. That's interesting. He's got the look. Man, I still think Chris Evans is the best Johnny Storm that there has been on, on TV to date. Uh, it would be hard to, to top that because Chris Evans is great. I got one for you that I think is an absolute home run hit. Now, I doubt we actually get this character because we already saw a version of it in Suicide Squad. But I think Alexa Bliss as Amora the Enchantress is absolutely 100% spot on casting. Couldn't do everything that she did in the comic books with Scourge because we've already seen him and they 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 axed him in uh, Ragnarok. But I mean, you got to think, if they do Thor 5 at some point down the road with all the teases that they did with Hercules, we know she's the goddess Alexa Bliss. We know she can also play a, a, a demented, um, you know, supernatural type being i think she's one of the best actors uh in the m not the mcu but in wwe that doesn't get a lot of credit for her acting chops i think that would be a a slam dunk 100 booking if they could get that one for the mcu steven steven i said mcu harley quinn ain't in no damn marvel comic although i agree with you Liv morgan's cosplay as harley quinn is pretty damn good but do blaspheme in here and mix up marvel and dc you're better than that steven you're better than that sorry i didn't mean to yell at you <laughs> sounded like will ferrell in old school <laughs> you're still my boy blue steven you're still my boy don't worry i appreciate you guys uh I'm, frantic world saying put abaddon in a doctor strange film that'd be pretty good that'd be spot on yeah well uh, she would have fit in nicely in this past one. Oh yeah multiverse oh yeah that's the other thing with alexa bliss and the enchanters you can mix her in with scarlet witch there's a whole lot of great options they could go with there that's the one that uh immediately came to my mind sp3 i know you got to run thank you so much to everybody who tuned in uh we'll try to be back sometime this week but you never know it's never a guarantee here on believe in pro wrestling like i said we are consistently 
inconsistent, but we appreciate everybody who tunes in when we can get on the air. Uh, check out my conversation with Carmelo Hayes. That'll drop either uh, Thursday night or Friday morning. A lot's going to depend on my kids and how much work that I can get done. It's okay, Steven. You're still our boy. You're still our boy. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.